2: The home of Derby County content.
0: Russell's got a bit of space. Russell left with a shot. Oh! What a strike! What a strike by Johnny Russell! Kill again. Oh, and a chance for Marriott once more. He's done it. He dribbles off, finds some space and into the box. Johnson, it's it ready through, it's John Foss, it's Hareton's, and it's one
2: Hello and welcome to the very, very first episode of Rams Talk in 2023. I hope you've had a brilliant Christmas. I hope you've had a brilliant new year. And uh, to make things even better, Derby have been pretty good too. Before we get started and before we introduce everyone that's on today, I just wanted to let everyone know very quickly that we're going to be starting a preview show before games. So we're going to get someone on from the opposition Um, So we've got someone coming on. Uh, I won't spoil it yet, but we've got someone coming on ahead of the Barnsley game who's going to tell us all about Barnsley, what to expect uh, and to give us a real understanding of sort of the team they are. And we're going to do this for every game for the rest of the season. And yeah, hopefully give you guys a bit more insight as to uh, what every opposition team's about. But anyway, let's get into it. I'm joined today by three Rams Talk regulars. Uh, First off, Callum Bucock. how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, mate. All energised after Christmas and uh, all good after the win at the weekend.
2: Good man, good man. We have also got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic?
3: Good evening, guys. I'm very well and happy New Year to everybody.
2: Yeah, happy New Year to you too. And uh, last, but certainly not least, uh,
4: Jamie Page. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Happy New Year, all. And uh, yeah, good uh, good results to talk about, which is which is a positive for sure.
2: Well, that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, it's the first first thing we've got here. Fantastic recent form. Uh, so you can see all the ticker video watches at the bottom. We've beaten Accrington 4-0, which you'll know. We've beaten Cambridge 1-0. And we've got a great draw away at Bolton as well, who are one of those teams who are very, very strong at home. And, Callum, you know, we, we've gone into 2023. We've finished 2022 strongly. But the start of 2023 has been good so far, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, you couldn't get off to a better start. Clean sheet four goals it's i mean when you look at how we've played over the, the course of those 15 or 16 games um and the obviously the style of football's changed so much from obviously when we first started under a senior at the start of the season um and Warren's mm-hmm. just got that um winning way um whether that's well a 1-0 win and a scrappy 1-0 win like friday night was or if it's an absolute drubbing of, a, of an opposition like it was uh, yesterday. We, we've seemed to have got that winning feeling back into the club, which, I mean, after the two two three years we've had, I mean, it's nice to actually have something like this to chat about and smile about than wondering if, you know, um, an op- opposition owner or something like that is going to come in. And do you know what I mean? It's just nice to have talk about winning football and and obviously Darby McGoldrick and, and all those players that are just banging in goals. Um, what better way?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. And and it's it really has been a perfect start. It's a nice feeling, as you say. It's nice to be winning games again. And yesterday's win, was it yesterday? I don't even know anymore. The win, <laughs> the, the last one, the win against Accrington, um, that was uh, the game that made us 15 unbeaten, Vic. I mean, 15 unbeaten in all competitions, that is. 11 unbeaten in the league or 10 unbeaten in the league. That's pretty impressive, isn't it?
3: Just, just goes to show you the strength that we have, uh, one as a team, two as a club. Um, it shows you how well things are going at the minute, especially under Warren. I think he's getting his style together. He's, the players are buying into it. I think the last time we had a run like this was probably back in the Jim Smith days when we went on that mad, mad, like 20-odd game run. And look how that ended up. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's the same this time. But, yeah, there's a feel-good factor around Derby at the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the clubs pulling together, the fans, the players, the manager, everyone's buying into it. And uh yeah, let the good times roll.
2: Yeah, well, well, exactly that. Let the good times roll. And and Jamie, I just bumped into you after the game um with your dad and you both seemed very happy. Um <laughs> Not surprised because we just battered Accrington 4-0. What have you made to the change in Derby's fortunes and how much of it do you think is down to Paul Warren?
4: Yeah, um, it's hard to miss you wearing that big puffer coat that's luminous green. <laughs> it's so, very uh, green. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know which one you're talking about.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good to see you. Um, yeah, I mean David Clowes is a happy man because he he's got Paul Warn in, and this is what Paul Warn does. Um, he he gets teams promoted. He solidified us at the back. How he's got? I mean, we've talked about it before. How he's got two players playing out of position. Uh, well, three players, you could say, playing out of position realistically. And, um, you know, yesterday, again, fantastic defensive performance. And I think everything clicked yesterday. I think we've we've been saying for a while that someone's going to be on the end of a, a 4-0, 5-0. I mean, you probably agree it could have been 6, 7, 8, you know, and and the rest, to be honest. So, yeah, it, it's Paul Warren's philosophy. It's his style coming to play. Um, we've got a team that I think are all on the same Kind of him sheet. I'm sure we're going to um, be talking about what we do moving forward, but I'll just say quickly how good it was to see David McGoldrick in the nine and two, three, four players um, buzzing around him. Um, you know, I, I think that is the way forward for me and just nice to go to a game and, and be entertained and, and walk away without a headache, um, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah, I can't remember the last time I did that in, in all honesty. <laughs>
2: Well, you've, you've led very nicely on to the next, I guess, cue card we've got here. David McGoldrick, we're going to rinse that terrible, terrible punt for the entire season. Um, but as you say there, it's, it's great having a player up front that can unlock defences and bring other players into play. I think Tom Barkay and probably benefited the most. I know he scored two. He probably could have had about seven. Uh, and, <laughs> and Callum, you know, obviously he's got his goals. Um, we've seen where he brings the ball out of the sky like it's nothing Nutmeg's players, no-look passes, he's pure class, isn't he? And he's, he's surely only going to get better.
1: Well, I mean, like Tom said in his um, Derby post-match that him and the rest of the players kind of look at him in awe like the rest of us fans do at this level. Um, and obviously, don't wrong, we've had so many good players for Derby over the years and, and players that do things that we kind of think, how have they how they've done that? And I just think we appreciate what this one a little bit more, just because of the league that we're in and the poor quality sometimes you see from opposition and and sometimes even from us. And someone just that we can watch as fans do stuff the way he does it. Um, it's just so pleasing to see. And and like I said, it's, it's not just his goals; it's the uh, overall play. I mean, the second goal, that no look pass that he does, and he just does it so cutely, and and the. And um, to be fair, in for the first goal, the, the pass through to Dobbin and and then uh, Tom's getting the, the scraps and stuff. Um, obviously, like um, Jamie said, it's whether it, we see him as a nine with those two wingers off the side of him or we see him up two up top with, with James Collins. That's kind of the 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 crux that we're now at. Do we, When James Collins fit, do we play two up top, which we know Paul Warren loves to do. Or do we playing with two wingers, which we at the moment all of our wingers are all in form. So that's kind of the crossroads we're at at the moment, which is well, nice the, to have. I'd rather yeah. be at this crossroads than I know at the bottom of the table. So
2: <laughs> exactly, it's, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? It really is. Uh, and Vic, that leads very nicely into what I kind of wanted to go on to actually. Um, obviously, we'll get onto Jason Knight in a little bit, but it it was nice to see us playing a four three three. Um, it freed up players in the middle and it also allowed for more freedom for our forward players too. Uh, Vic, obviously when um, James Collins, I forgot his name for a second then. When James <laughs> Collins is back from injury, yeah, one game gone and I forgot who he is. When, when, when he's back from injury, obviously, as Callum says, it's it's a selection headache, isn't it? It's it's a real issue that Paul Warner will have to tackle. How do you get them both into the team? The question is, would you want both of them in the team? Obviously, we've seen Collins play up front on his own and McGoldrick behind him. I actually think we look better with just McGoldrick on his own. What do you think?
3: I'd agree. Um, I think McGoldrick up top on his own with the wingers playing off him. I mean, you can see the quality he has. He's too good for League One. Um, And I think the quality he possesses makes up for maybe the lack of pace he might have in this league which is a bonus for us. Um, trying to fit Collins in is a bit of a difficult one um, because I feel Collins gets isolated really quickly in games. Um, so I'd rather see us play 4 through 3 but then I think it depends on the level of opposition. I don't think the 4 through 3 would particularly work well against maybe the Plymouths and the Ipswiches of the division. But against Accrington, it works fine because you know they're only going to play one style of play, whereas with Ipswich and Plymouth, the Sheffield Wednesdays of this division. It might not work as, like I said, I'd prefer McGoldrick, one, because he's in form, and two, he just seems to bring the players in a lot better than probably Collins would. But then Collins has got the work rate. Again, I think it just depends on the level of opposition. I mean, at the moment, we've got a good run where we're playing the lower league, not lower league teams, but the teams at the lower end of the division. So that could play into our hands here. Uh, But again, we might have to rethink when it comes to playing against the bigger clubs.
2: That's an interesting point actually um I personally, to be honest think James Collins is a decent goal scorer, but i 've actually been quite disappointed by his other contributions um you know he 's good at putting the ball in the goal, but he gets crowded out as you say, he gets quite isolated, and I think the problem is he doesn 't have the technical ability that McGoldrick has, so when the balls come into him in tight spaces um you know he 's got a bit of a first touch of a rhinoceros rather than, you know, a, a strong technical footballer. So when the ball's being fired into his feet, he seems to lose it more often than not or slow the game down and he can't really find a way out. Whereas McGoldrick has that ability to unlock those defences. And I think that's the big difference between the two. Um That being said, I think during the season we'll we'll definitely need them both. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Um McGoldrick's probably the man going forward. And keeping on the the topic of the 4-3-3, obviously we had to make a change um, to the team to go 4-3-3. Collins dropped out. The man that comes in for him, Jason Knight. Now, Jason Knight is a great player. We all know Jason Knight's a great player. I think something really important with with Jason Knight is what's his best position. Um, I think if the Accrington games anything to go by, I think centre mid with Hurrahan and Bird might just be that. Jamie, what do you reckon?
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't want to get carried away because, no disrespect, Zach Grinton were probably the worst team I've seen at Pride Park ever. Um, and that's, yeah, that, that's that's saying <laughs> something. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to get carried away. I, I'd like to see that three more. Um, but I was just so impressed with Knight. And I was actually really impressed with, with Hurahan as well. I, I tweeted out, I think he was, you know, he was box to box. He got his goal being in that position. He's chasing down the goalkeeper four 0 up, and he's chasing down the goalkeeper on ninety plus minutes. You know, so um, really impressed with, with him. But Jason Knight, you just know what you're going to get, don't you? He, he is a baller, but he's just energy. He'll he'll run into positions and drag players where they don't want to go, and he's just a bit of a nuisance, isn't he? I'd hate to be a defender and, and watch Jason Knight um, run at me, run off me, and and just give me absolute nightmares for for ninety minutes, but. Yeah, I'd put him in there in the centre mid, but do want to see him add in some, you know, some some assists and some goals. I mean, the assist that he got on, i going to uh, say, he did uh, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he got one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you know what? He he might have snatched at that. I think that's probably where uh, another player potentially, if that's Lewis Dobbin, maybe tries to take it around the goalkeeper and doesn't have the um, the intelligence just to to kind of lay it into Bark Barkhausen's path. So. Um, I think he's really maturing as a player and, and as, as are all of his kind of cohort, I guess. You look at Sibley at left back, you look at Max Bird, who's captain and I think going to be captain for the foreseeable. So, um, yeah, really impressive. But let's not get carried away. Let, let's see how we do. Um, well, well, depending on how we line up in the cup. Um, but we've got some challenges coming up. So um, let's see how that three and McGoldrick in the nine does um, against tougher opposition.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Let's see. Um, And on Jason Knight, Callum, uh, we've briefly touched on that fourth goal for us, you know, 20 seconds into the second half. We've got a player who's playing central midfield, their centre mid turns around, plays a really dodgy pass. And Jason Knight's the only player on the pitch with the thought and the intelligence and the mentality to chase that ball down. And he runs through on goal. And as Jamie said, he was clever. He was composed, puts it across the barcades, and he's just got a tap in. If Jason Knight's not on the pitch, we don't score that goal. You know, James Collins isn't in that position. David McGoldrick's not in that position. None of our players are chasing down so early in the second half. Do you think that sort of mentality is the difference that Jason Knight could make over the rest of the season?
1: I mean... It is, yeah. Uh, it's the mentality that Paul Warren kind of wants to instill in every single player, um, and when we know he's been doing it for years. That's the type of player he is. He's a workhorse. He he's one of those players that won't stop running, and from the from minute one to minute ninety. And and you when you talk about players putting in full shifts, and normally it's I don't know half an hour and or sixty minutes of of, of effort and. And everyone goes, Oh, that that'll do, bring him off. Um, he can do it for the full ninety. And like you mm-hmm. said, without him, that ball doesn't happen. And and it was a key goal because it was one of those that just completely killed the game off, put no beyond all doubt. Um, and it was nice to see that it was a goal kind of just it, it didn't take much. It wasn't it wasn't really liquid football, it was simple, it was just closing the player down, player makes a mistake, and we go four and a look. So it's it shows how easy football can be, and and that's what Paul One's done and tried to instill into the team, and and Jason Knight's kind of epitomising that. And and to be fair, if he carries on, I can't see him getting pulled out unless it's just for tactical reasons. To be honest.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing when you when you put in what back to back performances the way that Knight has, it's it's hard to drop him, isn't it? You know, you've got players performing at that standard. Someone's got to earn the right to get back in and they've got to show why they should be dropped. So, yeah, I think I think everyone hopes that he stays in, don't they? I think it's one of them. Everyone likes Jason Knight. He's a very likeable guy. He's a hardworking guy. He epitomises everything that fans want from a player. They want players who work hard, fight for the badge. And you see the way he celebrates every single goal, even when he's not even involved. He celebrates it like he scored it himself. So, you know, that that's the sort of player that you want. And I think him and... Cashin, who, of course, we'll get onto later on, epitomises. Um, Vic, someone that Jamie mentioned, um, who I think has been good this season, he's certainly had his critics. I've seen a lot of criticism on, on Twitter for him. Um, Conor Hurahan. And to be honest, I've actually felt quite a lot of sympathy for him because I think other than the first sort of five or six games where you know we were playing Resenia slow football, I think he's been really good recently. And I think having three in the middle took the pressure off him a bit. Do you think that Hurrahan's getting better and do you think he's now getting to a point where he might be irreplaceable in this derby team?
3: Um, I wouldn't say better. I think we knew the quality was there. I think he's just been allowed to express himself more underworn. Uh, Like you said, with Rossini, it was slow football. It did really suit him. Now we're seeing the fruits of Conor Hurrahan and his play. Um, I think his work goes unnoticed just because I think a lot of players or a lot of fans tend to focus more on Max Bird uh, rather than Horahan so I think a lot of the attention's on him and they don't really notice the work Horahan's actually putting in I said it a few weeks ago he's like he's playing with a rocket up his backside he's literally chasing the ball I mean I was surprised to see him chase the ball down I think but for it's like 90 minutes he's still mm. producing at his age so we know he's got it we know the quality's there Um, I think Warren's just found a way to let him really express himself in midfield, and he's made it his own. I can't see him being dropped, and I quite like the idea of maybe him, Knight, and Bird playing together as a three. It it seemed to click against Accrington, um, but no, I don't think Horan's too integral for this team now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree, Vic. And what I really do like is when you think of that midfield three, you've got Knight, who's the box-to-box, he'll run round. You've got Hurrahan, who'll put a shift in as well. But he's also got that technical quality, puts balls in, you know, he finds those spaces and he can play that playmaker role. And then you've got Bird, who's playmaking from deep, picks the ball up in the tight spaces in midfield and lays it off either side. And there's quite a good balance to that midfield three. I think Conor Horahan's a really vital part of that because when he delivers, the whole team delivers. I mean, you know, he he put in a great shift, like a brilliant shift against Accrington. And I thought he was really good against Cambridge as well. So, and and yeah, like you say, he's he's chasing balls down the 90th minute. Uh, When he signed, I spoke to a few Villa fans who were saying, you know, he doesn't put the work in. He's one of those players, you kind of have to carry him a little bit. And yeah, he does run like he's, you know, been shot in the leg or something like that. But... He works so hard, considering his age, considering his stature, considering what he's done in the game. For him to come to a League One club and be putting in the shifts that he's putting in is is certainly impressive. And, yeah, he's really impressed me. And I know he's impressed you as well, Jamie, um, when we've spoken about it and, and what you put on Twitter as well. And and just a really quick thing before we get on to our apparently impenetrable defence. Conor Hurrahan finally got his first goal under Paul Warne. Um, he's struggled in front of goal, which has been really strange because he was actually quite I wouldn't say prolific, but he, you know, he scored a few under a senior in quick succession and under Warren he's found that hard to come by. Do you think that if we play the way that we did, you know, with the four three three and that sort of thing, do you think he'll get more goals from midfield? or or do you think it's it's just a a look thing?
4: it's hard to say. I mean, it's going back to the opposition, isn't it? Um, We're 4-0 winners against a a very poor League One outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if he added some goals, I think the critics on on Twitter would probably ease off a little bit. Um, But you need to understand that his his duty, similar to Max Bird's in this team, isn't just to score goals. We've got players in forward areas that need to score goals Um, and people would sooner kind of, rather criticise um, Hurahan than Mendes-Lang or, you know, Barkhausen or, or somebody like that. So um, I'd like to see him score more goals. I mean, the goal on yesterday was, was just classic, I think, Conor Hurahan. And, and that's the way that we we need to play um, that nice kind of intricate football. And again, I know Callum said how easy the, the, the fourth goal was. Yeah, the fourth goal um the the second trying to work out now I was scoring too many goals <laughs> <laughs> but actually when you look at it you know it was it was really simple football for for Herahan's goal um so so yeah long may long may his good form continue um and I, yeah like like you've said there I think he, he definitely does go under the radar and, and I'm happy for him to do that because I think we're, if we're thinking it, potentially opposition teams are thinking it and, uh, you know, won't give him the um, the attention that, that other players will, will will get. But, I mean, when you need five players to mark David McGoldrick, um, there's obviously going to be some some room for everyone else, isn't there?
2: Mm, well, exactly <laughs> that. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. And two players, I just want to give a shout out. They're not down on our list of things to speak about. Um, but I think Lewis Dobbin and Tom Barqueys have been brilliant the last two games. I think both of them have really stepped it up, obviously Barqueys and grabbed a brace and, and probably could have had about five more and and Dobbin finally got off the mark, and he's looking a more um composed, confident player, you know the sort of player that we we'd hoped he would be, so yes, yeah, his birthday as well today, so uh, when this will come out, yeah, this will come out, I'm sure he's listening happy yeah. birthday, Lewis. <laughs> um, I hope you have a good day. Happy <laughs> but right the topic that everyone's been talking about right Derby County's defense and we'll start off with the center backs we've conceded I think one goal in eight games in the league which is ridiculous we're in league one we all know how stupid this league is and the sort of goals you can concede and the sort of goals you can score as we saw with a few of ours against Accrington I mean a big part of that is the two centre-halves. Aaron Cashin, who obviously we knew was unbelievable and he's, he's continued being unbelievable. And Craig Forsyth, who's gone from being, you know, a, a left-back that's maybe slowing down a little bit, getting towards the end of his career to the best centre-back that's ever lived or the second-best centre-back behind Cashin. <laughs> Callum, I, I mean, if you'd come to me at the start of the season and said, yes, we're going to go on a 15-game-unbeaten run and Craig Forsyth is going to be an integral part of that played at centre-back, we'd have all laughed. But I mean, he's been brilliant, hasn't he?
1: I mean, people talk about Vidic and Ferdinand and and Terry, <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> you're just looking at like, who, who needs all those players when you've got these two? I mean, no, nah, it's it's joking aside. I think the the fact that it was just out of nothing, um, the, the partnership that we we never knew we wanted, and and now none of us want it to end, and and I think that although we're it's obviously rumoured we're looking at, um, obviously other centre halves and stuff like that. I think these that will just add to the Arsenal that we've got. Um, but I can't imagine um, a better center half pairing. And and for that, these two to keep out, um, Davis, obviously a club captain, obviously, yes, he's been injured here and there, but he's still a, the club captain. Um, and and these two have formed like a little bond together. And you could, and you can tell, to be fair, they kind of know where they should have, each other should go. Um, Cashin is always covering Fuzzy, Fuzzy's obviously always covering Cashin. And and they've both got an understanding, obviously with Waldsmith as well. I think he he has really benefited, obviously, having all both of them on form. And I think both of them have benefited with him in form. Uh, and it's kind of taken away that like, I'm never worried at games now. I don't know about you you guys, but when, well, whenever they're playing, <laughs> <laughs> but they're playing like an over-the-top ball or whatever. And Cashin always, always seems to just win a header when he looks the most unlikely to win it. Mm-hmm. And Fozzie mm-hmm. just always manages to get a, a boot or something on it and keep it in play. And like, like I said, it's just great to watch them both. And, um, and like I said, like, is it 12 or 11 clean sheets you said at the start, uh, Stato? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but but uh, but to, like I said, when were, when were we keeping clean sheets, especially over the last two years, we were flooding in goals, and and now we're we're keeping out things, and and it's just like I said, it's just great to see isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is, and and as Rio Ferdinand once said, don't compare them, just enjoy them whilst they're there. <laughs> So, you know, we've got to enjoy it as much as possible. Um, and Vic, I mean Callum spoke there about, you know, they always seem to cover each other, they've got a great understanding. But I think one of the noticeable things as well, they're both left footed. I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a centre back pair with two left footers before. Um does it confuse teams? Teams don't know where to go because they both defend the other side. Um, how impressed have you been with Aaron Cashin, Vic? Because, I mean, he's been special. He obviously got the, the Rams top player of the month by a country mile. What a player. I mean, he, he's special, isn't he? I remember watching him in Antioch in pre-season.
3: Mm. Was it last year, Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking then, what a player! Scored a goal that day. He just looked cracking. He's really pushed on from there. Um, my my new nickname for that that defensive half is the Great Wall of Derby because we're just impenetrable. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting through that. So um, yeah, nah. Cassian's been just, just give, give him the player give him the player of the year now. Go on, just give it to because I, I can't see him drop. I can't see him being dropped. It will take an injury for him to be taken out of the team. But one thing I did notice was Fuzzy seems to give Cashin that extra push, that extra bit of knowledge, that extra bit of experience. Like, I remember one particular point when we were defending a throw-in, Foz was telling him who to mark and where to go to exactly, and he cleared it. So I think Foz's experience is just as important as Cashin's on the field play. So they both complement each other, and um, it's just really great to see us duck and see any goals. <laughs>
2: yeah you're exactly right it is nice to see us actually be able to defend and i like the great wall of derby vic that's a a good (laughs) vicism um (laughs) the the collection that we've got here um but yeah that that's exactly it isn't it they're they're two players one's got getting to the end of his career the other one's right at the start of his career and they complement each other so well and neither of them are really slow both of them are good on the ball obviously Cashin's gonna be a special talent in the future who knows how far he could go and Fozzie sort of, yeah, as you say, giving him that little push and and helping him along the way, which is really, really good to see. And yeah, let's just hope it continues like that. And yeah, and and as well, I think it's worth noting, you were saying there about player of the season. I think about six weeks ago, Joe Wildsmith was sort of the number one man to be player of the season. He hasn't done anything for about four (laughs) games. He (laughs) just stood still. He hasn't needed to, that's the thing. (laughs) He hasn't needed to. Those two have been so good in front of him. He's not had to do anything. And the fact we've not conceded from across, I think, says it all. So, yeah, let's let's hope it stays that way. And two guys that really, really deserve credit as well: Corey Smith, Louis Sibley. I mean, we say this every time on the pod. If you would have said Louis Sibley's the left back that's gonna, you know, drag Derby to 15 games without conceding, you'd laugh. And now he's, I, I see him as a left back now. You know, I see him on the team show. I'm like, oh yeah, left back, Sibley. Yeah rather than being like, oh God, Sibley's played at fullback, So it's, it's you know, it's a huge difference. And Corey Smith, I know he's played right back a lot in his career, but he's been exceptional too. Jamie, how impressed have you been with both of them?
4: Yeah, really impressed. I think there's, there's been a couple of times where uh, over the course of the, the couple of weeks, we have said potentially they would be a bit susceptible from, you know, balls played over the top and, uh, backstick kind of crosses but I mean yesterday they were both absolutely superb and what I absolutely love is that they seem to to kind of be marauding kind of right and left backs when they're when they can be obviously I know that when we play tougher opposition they're probably going to have to be a bit more disciplined but I mean I don't think uh, Corey Smith has scored in like five years has he but he's had a good couple of opportunities I'd love to see touch as well yeah he should (laughs) have He should have had that header, shouldn't he? Against I think it was Cambridge, wasn't it? Mm. Um, he should have had that goal. But uh, I honestly, think he's got more to give higher up the pitch. But whilst he's uh, whilst he's performing back there, let, let's keep let's keep on with it. Um, and I know we said about you know not worrying about conceding, but I'm now not worrying about Louis Sibley being on a yellow card as well, which is uh, which is quite strange he gets a yellow, and I just know he's not gonna get sent off he's um he's not that kind of player anymore, but yeah, both been fantastic, obviously, I can see there that you've put kind of Fisher to come in. I think it would be silly not to have you know plan b and and silly not to have depth in those those areas i think one's prob- his plan probably is to to release smiths to get smith in in that midfield but then again you know we've got where? Uh, we've got yeah. yeah where where and you know what i think as a player you'd much rather be playing than than sitting on the bench so um yeah i, I think for now let's continue let's continue and and see where we go with it but uh, i can see you know reinforcements and uh, an added depth coming in um We'll have we'll have Fisher, we'll have Bird. You know, we've, we've got all of the. We just need a King, King Fisher, and Bird. I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, we've already got the maximum birds, so I'm not sure you can get any uh, any further than that. Yeah, I know it's awful in it that one, but yeah, I, I think as as well as you said, <laughs> as you said there, Jamie, it, it's testament to um, Paul Warren that that Sibley. We're not scared about Sibley anymore. You know, we had two rookie managers on the bounce and neither of them could control him. You know, and I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty well documented that Sibley and Rudy didn't see eye to eye and really, really struggled to get anything out of him. We've got a proper manager now who knows what he's doing and it makes a huge difference. And you can see it in the maturity and growth of some of the players. I mean, the way Sibley's improved defensively is incredible. You know, you. I, I remember one of the early We Are Derby episodes when they were talking about. You know, Rossini called it the Sibley swipe and was mocking. You know, the fact that he can't tackle or anything like that. Next manager comes in, he's turned him into a solid fullback. So you know, that's that's what experience and know how does for you. Um, but and you, as you, but mentioned you think that...
1: um, just just putting in, sorry, Jack. You think Warm when he first watched Sibley said he can't tackle. He's horrendous at it. Yeah, and yeah. joked with it in a in obviously post patch, but. He's obviously not just then gone. Oh, he well, he can't tackle. He's not playing there. He's worked at worked at it with him, and and like you said, we're seeing the fruits of the labor now. And he's and like you said, he got both of the fullbacks got a card, and they were quite early on. And like you said, mm. I, I wasn't worried, and it ended up being a, a substitute striker that got sent off. So I mean, <laughs> it kind of summed it up, didn't it? Yeah, I think you
2: could breathe near an Accrington player, and they go down, and you get a card, would <laughs> not you? So. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And yeah, just very quickly on, on Darnell Fisher. It's been reported in the Mirror today. A few other places have, have cited that as well. It's a pretty obvious one. He's worked with Warren before. So yeah, let's see what happens there. He's He's been out for about a year. I think maybe 18 months um, with a knee injury, but he's back in full training. He's been in training for a few weeks now. Um, so obviously he wouldn't come straight back in um, and he'd have to fight for his place like we'd we'd expect anyway. So last thing before we finish then. Um, obviously we don't know what transfer business we'll have Um, hopefully we don't sign anyone until this episode's at least been released uh, so we don't look like idiots and massively behind the times (laughs) but we've got a game against Barnsley to come I want really quick score predictions from all three of you Um, FA Cup I don't know what sort of team we'll put out I think the fact we're fighting near the top might change things a little bit Um, Callum what's your score prediction and first goal scorer
1: Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. Does it go to a replay? I have no idea. No idea either. So we'll go 1-1. Vic's nodding. Vic's nodding. Vic's always (laughs) (laughs) nodding. I'll go 1-1 and I'll go our goal scorer. I think Collins will come back in. So I'll go Collins. Got Collins. Vic? Uh, 2-1
3: Derby. Uh, First goal scorer will go with Knighty.
2: Oh, good stuff. I know we say this every week, but if our predictions were right, we'd be right up there in every competition.
4: Uh, We're getting there now. It's all good. good. We are getting there, to be fair. (laughs) Jamie? I will agree with Callum. I'll go 1-1. I think there'll be some some changes. We may see Rooney. um, You never know. We might see Kwaku at at right back, right wing back. Mm. Um, Maybe a Nang in goal. Maybe. I don't don't know. Is he? Is, fit, he fit? I have no I is he fit? No idea. Don't know. Still with us? I don't, I don't even know. know. <laughs> I've seen him in training pitches. So yeah, I think there'll be some changes. I think Collins will come back in. He'd be my my goal scorer. Um, and yeah, if it goes to penalties, losing penalties. Oh, nice. Um, yes,
2: <laughs> I, I'm. I'm going to go with the the boring one, like the rest of you, apart from Vic, and, and say one all as well. I think it'll be it's two teams that want to get into you know the upper echelons of League One. Will either team care about the cup? Probably not. I think home advantage mm-hmm. might push it a little bit for us, but we've only got two stands open, so I'm not sure the atmosphere is mm-hmm. going to be uh, buzzing. Um But yeah, very quickly on on the League One promotion race as well. Morgan Whitaker recalled by Swansea as well, which I never thought I'd be saying. This is great news for us. So yeah, let's let's hope it it stays that way well, and we can finish. <laughs>
4: Until he's sold to Ipswich or he's back on loan somewhere in League One. <laughs> yeah, it goes to Sheffield. I think that is the rumour. Yeah, would you, I I think it's rumor.
1: would you take him back, guys? No.
2: No. No, no. no. Just, be, just because of what happened. Yeah, just because of what happened. I don't think it'd work.
1: We yeah. just yeah. need Malcolm I don't we? But he's going to Hull by the looks of it and joining Rossini. Yeah, well, he's gone to Hall. He's Has gone he gone? To he yeah, Rossini confirmed, yeah. yeah.
2: confirmed it earlier, yeah. Let's so, see yeah. if
1: Erdinese can loan uh, Malcolm uh, <laughs> Eber- Malcolm Ebersele, no Malcolm ever into running. I'll tell you
2: what, Malcolm Eberseli would be some player, wouldn't he? Can you imagine Malcolm <laughs> with Eberselli's pace? That'd be cool. uh, that'd be special, right? Episodes got into uh, ridiculousness <laughs> now. So thank you very much for uh, listening. Thank you for coming back to us in 2023. If you're new, please feel free to check out the video content. It's on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash at Or if you like listening on audio, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, anything you like listening on, really. Um, and yeah, make sure to check us out on Twitter. We we do polls, try and get you guys involved as much as possible. Um, And, yeah, just try and have a laugh, really. Um, So thank you, everyone, for listening. And, lads, thank you very much for coming on.
4: Cheers, Jake. Pleasure, Jake, as always.
0: Pleasure. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com